What the? What are you talking about? I'm in the duty. Fi- I'm in the party. I'm in the other section of the party finder, looking at the, looking at what people got going on. Stop looking at the ERP section. I'm not looking at the ERP section. You, you can't confirm nor deny that. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the fucking the other stuff. Hello and welcome to Journey Through the Decacast, a camaraderie retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I'm Shin Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Wern Artria on Hyperion. Oh, or Chris, yeah. Yeah, I'm Chris too. Uh, and we finished Gotcha Man this week between yep. playing too much Final Fantasy XIV and or whatever reason why we couldn't record previously that I don't remember at this point. It only took me two years to get through heaven's word content i mean it only took me like a week it's taken me like a year and a half to get through shadowbringers because <laughs> i keep getting distracted like i i'd go up i'd get to a big climactic thing and i'm like all right well i'll put this off and i'll go do some other stuff and then i'd get distracted for like two three months like oh i'm gonna go do beast drive oh i'm, I'm gonna get all my crafters to level 80 oh i'm gonna do anything but the main story quest Look, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the week off when when Endwalker comes out, just so everybody knows. I just played MMOs and streaks, so I've just been like ducking in and out occasionally, and now I'm finally through all of the content included in the free trial. You you, you have now finally finished the free trial. Now you and can it, play like the game. Yeah, it's pretty great. You guys should play FF14 if you don't. Recommended. Or like don't. You, you do, you listener on the internet. It's real good. God. The end of Heaven's Word just made me... I was just constantly thinking of that one joke where the the, the tweet where it's like the dialogue in FF14 is like, forsooth, mine heart has shattered into a thousand, like, you know, fragmentary points of light. And then all the quests are titled Jimmy Buffett's Mooglaritaville. Yeah... They have a bit of fun with that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Though Urian J is really the only one who talks ridiculously like that. And he, he is kind we've, of. Well, we've met other people, does it a little too. So I know met other people I, from Charlea. So Urian J isn't like the implication. He's just is a nerd. He just he's, does that. Yeah, he's just a fucking nerd. And I am super looking forward to us going to Charlea and meeting some of Urianje's old acquaintances, and they're going to come up to us like, is he still on that stupid talking bullshit? So, Gotcha Man. Gotcha Man. Final episode of Gotcha Man, which was... Oh, yeah. Interesting. I I liked this one a lot. It had been a while since I'd watched it, but yeah, I thought it was a fun ending for the, the conflict. I still stand by the Hajime stuff is dumb fact that uh she apparently just puts bird cats inside herself 
that she has to eat evil in order to remove it from the souls of like everyone else in the world i don't like it i understand like i i understand the steps that we took to get there and i understand that like narratively i guess it makes sense but i still don't like it yeah it's just like this really weird like it well it's it's like so like if you don't watch the director's cut it happens off screen yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just are like, you just, she says that she's going to go confront Burkatz, and then you see her, and she has him as a voice in her head. And then, like, you watch the director's cut, and it doesn't add, like, a super whole lot, to be honest. Like, it's fine, it's neat, I'm glad it exists, not necessarily needed. They make it more explicit that Burkatz is, like, a thing inside all of humanity that she had to take into herself. Which is, like, part of why I think this is dumb. I actually kind of like that idea it, it is a very self-sacrificing thing of it is almost judeo-christian of yeah take the, the sins of the world upon yourself and through this forgive humanity it, it is very much like the end of the matrix revolutions except i buy it a little bit more yeah i don't know just like it it just bugs me that just, like, basically no one else matters but Hajime. Well, she couldn't have gotten to that point unless, like, everyone else had helped her. Could she, though? Like, un- unsure. I- I'm not sure I, I buy that. I I could see it as she would have attempted it, but without the... Hajime's entire thing has always been, like, bringing people together to create to make a bigger whole or a better whole so i don't know it it fits that like i don't think she could have gotten there alone well here okay i was thinking about it like this she has um i forget if it's in the director's cut version or just the basic version she has i think it's in the director's cut because she has a bit of dialogue with burkatz where she asks him why didn't you just give everyone the power of the crowds from the beginning and he's and he's like, oh, well, that wouldn't have worked. And she's like, right, that because when you do that, then if the powers democratize, like everyone, the the goodness overwhelms the badness. If it's if it's universal, and I really I thought that was really interesting, just because like if a minority has the power, it's going to be abused. If everyone has the power then, like, it's that's good for everyone. And Burkatz knew that from the start. That's, like, why his plan had the structure it did. Yeah. I and, also... Uh, Go ahead and finish. Okay. Well, I was just... And I, and I was... I thought that, like, it, it's part of the... Of Hajime's realization that, like, she wants to take this out of humanity, but, like, she thinks that she can have it in herself, that making that realization that there that goodness can overwhelm darkness is like a thing that that leads her to the point where she can she realizes that she can take Burkatz into herself without fundamentally endangering herself i don't know that's how i thought of it and like the whole everyone getting the crowds thing wasn't even an option until od beat up um Burkatz and the fight at the beginning of the episode 
Because, like, he gets he gets the note out of Burkett's and then gives it back to Rui. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just don't like the whole, like, Hajime is taking the concept of evil and greed into herself to solve the problem. Right. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I, I feel like that that's, like, a humanity problem. I feel yeah. like that should have been, like, a group solution. It does kind of feel like it's not actually solving the problem. Like, yeah... Bird cats isn't really a problem anymore, but the problem's not solved, it's just contained, but then I guess you could say like that's not really a problem that can be solved. I mean that's that's kind of the fundamental tension of the show that like I mean superheroes are great, but also like everyone needs to share the responsibility, like Right, which is exactly <laughs> why Hajime should not have done that by herself. Like, you have a singular person taking on the race of humanity's problem into herself. It just doesn't click with me. Also, yeah, another like thing that. that didn't super click was, like, I think they play, especially in the last episode, they play Hajime as, like, the other side of the same coin as Birdcats, where she kind of, like, picks up on, I, I don't want to say, like, his their vocal tics, but kind of like it. Where she's just, like, walking mm. around being like, what's a hero? And stuff like that. It just, like, plays super. It's like, oh, she's supposed to be, like, bird cats. But, like, the not evil one. And, like, she, I didn't she, like it. She's the other... She's, she is definitely portrayed as the opposite side of the coin to bird cats. Yeah, I don't like it. I liked it better when she was just good. I mean, I think that's the idea, right? That, that bird cats is, like, the, the Thanatos, the, the death impulse in humanity like the impulse to destroy yourself and hajime is the impulse to like grow and build like yeah i, I thought that was part of the idea yeah i don't know i the parallel doesn't work for me i just feel like there's too much of like a a difference between like hajime a, a human girl from earth and bird cats you know world destroying alien thing world destroying concept mm. that has gotten its own sapience yeah i feel like <laughs> Because, like, Bird, Bird Cats is kind of, like, I'm, like, a JJ level. So, like, it feels weird for Hajime herself to be the one to kind of resolve this. I don't know. I, I guess I feel kind of the opposite. Because, like, that's another thing that the is, like, a major focus of the last episode. The practical problem of, like, the city being destroyed, that's solved by the community. Like, everyone pitches in to solve that problem. The problem of there's a fundamental darkness inside every person that they have to make peace with, that's an individual problem. Like, only only an individual can solve that. Like, I, I, I guess I, I do actually, like, think that's... That aligns with how I feel about the world. Yeah, that, like, practical solutions need to be implemented by groups, but, like, philosophical questions aren't... That's not really a thing that a group can answer in a satisfactory way. Also, yeah, but I, I also I, don't feel like a single person can, like, solve that for everyone, though. Well, I mean, does... Yeah, I mean... Well, that's... It's a superhero show. Yeah. I... I, also <laughs> I, I think thought... it's, a, it's a metaphor. It's like an illustration of, of like, an internal conflict, but, you know, it's a superhero show. I mean, so. I, I understand. Like, I know why it did it. I just don't personally like it. Like, writing-wise and how it plays out, it's like fine. It just did not resonate with me in a positive way. 
Well, I'm sorry, Garrett. I also had a thought where it kind of felt like a statement on the fact of... So everyone says that J.J. and, like, we, we see that Birdcats and J.J. are, according to what we're told, they are so far and above everything else, They, but they, they don't... J.J. doesn't interact because reasons and bird cats but then we just have this random normal girl come up and be able to be their equal and it feels more like it's a thing of like anyone could have done this it's just that hajime had the right mindset for it like they're not right they're not special they're not amazingly above everyone else we all have that potential inside us you just need to go about it the right way Right, that that like a person having a that like it's a big conceptual battle, but also it's just a battle between people in a way. Yeah, I de- I definitely thought that too, because like um, I mean that's like Sugane's big thing with JJ at the in the last episode. Like, you know, maybe you have the power to see the future. You know, maybe we're having some grand debate about you know what the purpose of humanity is, but also like there's a problem we need to solve in front of us right now. Uh, at the very least we could say it's making us think about it. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah, it just didn't work for me. I'm not a fan. Did, did you like Did you like Odie's cool, uh, like, gold superhero form? Oh, it was, it was fine. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I, I it, it definitely didn't live up to, to any, the amount of hype <laughs> I had for it. <laughs> you did have a lot of hype. I forgot if he actually turned into it on screen or not. So I mean, honestly, just like part of that is just like I was still expecting it to be like you know, like a straight like Tokusatsu show, which it's not. Yeah, it is it is definitely not just a straight Tokusatsu like, show. Like this this is like a talking show with like with like fighting that happens sometimes. I did I did want to point out that like I think the way that the confrontation between Hajime and Birdcats actually pretty similar to the end of Kuga. I don't know, like Hajime didn't get like a dark version of her armor and do like a really big kick. Man, that would have been fun. <laughs> oh man, that would have been so fun. And like it wasn't like snowing like uh thematically and stuff. <laughs> well, you got me there, Garrett. <laughs> Um, I guess there are similarities to the ending of Kuga in this. I wonder why I don't have that problem with Kuga, but I do here. Yeah. Possibility mm-hmm. of how the story is told. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, but like, why am I okay with Godai pretty much doing... Well, like, I, I guess the, whoever the villain of Kuga was wasn't the embodiment of all evil. I mean, they kind of go for that at the end there, because yeah. he's supposed to be, like, the like the the idea that, like, the strong destroy the weak is, like, an inherent part of nature, and he's supposed to kind of represent that idea. And Godai's like, no, it was dumb. No, he's dumb. <laughs> I mean, he was right. Yeah, that is dumb. Yeah, no, it oh. just didn't super work for me. The rest of it's pretty good, though. For Katz, uh, when he's he's in his Gatchaman form and fighting, he plays a guitar like fucking Dante. It's pretty pretty great. It's great. 
yeah. End of that. Um, Odie's form is basically like... I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this huge knight with like a bunch of like golden octopus arms coming out of the back that are also lasers. He's like, just like a... Fuck, what was that one like JRPG that no one... White Knight Chronicle. He's just the Chronicle. <laughs> uh, I don't remember okay. if that's what the mechs were called in that game, but he's just one of those. I don't know what those look like, and if I don't know, probably not that many people are gonna know. Oh yeah, no one played White Knight Chronicles but, like, me and my friend. I will point out I also played White Knight Chronicles, and it was on a permanent rotation at Fry's when I worked there as an employee. I, 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 oh, wait, no, I do know White Knight Chronicles, but only because I remember seeing a used copy of it at, like, uh... Half price books. I mean, it's like a fine JRPG. Like I played through the entirety of it. Yeah, the the mech on the front cover looked cool. I remember that. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't remember it existing at all. Just I. I mean, or he looks like a Razathon. Like just pick like angelic mech design dot text. Weren't the weren't the things in Razathon called golems? I don't I remember. remember. I, I don't think, think I've seen Razafon all the way through, to be honest. <laughs> Has anybody actually watched Discount Ava? I've watched it twice, yes. Uh, that was, was I think, the, the second time was ten years ago, though. And how did you feel about that? I mean, you know. <laughs> Some people like it more than Ava, and I certainly think that's a valid perspective that you can have. I mean, anything's a valid Ava's... perspective you have. Like, I don't have issue. I don't... Like, I'm not saying anybody's wrong if they like the crowd's ending more than I do. Like, that's perfectly valid and probably the more correct way, but... <laughs> like, Razafon has a lot of stuff going for it. Uh, it's like best emotional beat is like two-thirds the way through the show, which is, like, you know, a problem. Uh, Kanan also did that. Best emotional beat two-thirds through the show. You can't... You, anime's That's a name that. I haven't heard in forever. Well, you know I barely remember, like God, are we just, like, gonna talk, like, sci-fi anime at this point? As in, like, anime that was shown on the sci-fi channel? That was barely (laughs) sci-fi That's why I said Uh, anime that was on the sci-fi channel For for people who don't remember, the premise of Kanan Was that some people get a disease that makes you grow extra organs in your body And having extra organs gives you superpowers because you get the superpower. Yeah. You get an extra liver, that's no. a superpower. Yeah, it, it wasn't... They weren't different super organs. They were just the same ones, but now you have two of them. And that, like, let you breed computer code I mean, and shit. I mean, according to Fist of the North Star, you're goddamn right, that's a superpower. <laughs> did, did that happen in Fist of the North Star, Yeah, one, one of the main villains in Fist of the North Star, his entire thing was everyone was like, Oh! We can't kill him. Something's wrong. Like, our sure kill attacks that that target things don't kill him. He must be uber cool. But no, it's just that all the organs in his body are flipped. Oh, yeah. I was about to be like, wasn't there that one dude where, like, where, like, Kenshiro couldn't kill him because his heart was on the other side? Yep. And that's a superpower, (laughs) is having your heart on your right side. I mean, you're not wrong. Is this of the North Star ever end? Is there, like, an ending to that show? Yes, there is an end. I have removed the spoilers for the entire end of Fist of the North Star. If, like your humble editor, 
you happen to be picking the series up for the first time in the recent hardcover editions. Fun, fun learning about all that. Yeah. Have you ever seen that one uh, image that is just a, that shows how Kenshiro is very clearly Bruce Lee wearing Mel Gibson's costume from the Mad Max movie? Oh, of course he is. Yeah, and like it's not even trying to hide it at all. Yeah, no, it, no, is, it never it was. Is definitely not. Yeah. That's that's a I like that one. Wow. Is there like a piece of media that is like post-apocalyptic and like they they solve that part? I mean, they solve the post-apocalypse. Yeah, uh, Adventure Time. Yeah, but like a real show. Um, it, fuck you. Adventure Time is great. You can like it. That's fine. I do not understand the intricacies that you seem to imply that is in there. It's just a good show. <gasps> do you have another example? Um, I'm, I'm sorry for giving you shit about Adventure Time. It's fine. It's a good show for people to like. That was rude of me to do. That's okay. I felt bad enough about that one to apologize. I did watch the last the the episode about Finn and Jake being dead the other day. God, that was sad. But uh, let's see. Okay, so another show that was a post-apocalypse where they solve that problem. Um. Also, like, did they really solve that? Because, like, isn't Finn, like, the last human? I feel like that's not solving it. No, there's... Well, the, the, that's part of the point of the show, that just because there aren't any more humans, that doesn't mean that life is any less valid. Okay. Uh, um, is there a post-apocalyptic show where, like, they fix that part and also still, like, live as a, as a species? I'm trying to remember. Um... You, you got any, Evan? Not that I, like... Maybe Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind? Oh! Oh, shit! I, the one that... The obvious one, um... the In the fourth Ava rebuild movie. I haven't... I haven't seen it. That's literally part of the premise, is that... It's like people that have lived through the apocalypse and are, you know, just fine now. You, you've just spoiled the fourth Ava movie for me. Uh, also, that's it like took, it took to 2021 to have a piece of media that does this. That was <laughs> that's like the first half hour of the movie. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I, I actually, I guess it's the, the second half hour because first there's a bit where like Mari beats up like a thousand Avas in Paris. That's cool. She probably then dies or something. I assume. No, she lives through that movie. Oh, good for her. Does she, Why? like, become, like, evil or something? Is They reveal that she was Judas Iscariot and Mary Magdalene or something, which didn't really make a lot of sense, that's but like, okay. That's, like, Wait, every both show. Both of them? Uh, yes, somehow. I don't know. That's, like, some Xenosaga shit. At, at, <laughs> they were like, work? ah, Mary, you were, Mari, you were Mary Iscariot. And I was like, what? Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> that happened. But, yeah, she's still there at the end of the movie. So wait, is is she the son of or is she the son? Is she the daughter of Judas and Mary or is she supposed to be both <laughs> Judas and Mary? Well, maybe they'll publish another like a Red Cross book 2.0 and tell us about all the lore that didn't make it into the movie at some point. All right. So so I think I I, I answered my own question when I remembered that Gurren Lagan existed. Oh yeah, yeah, they did that in Gurren Lagan. Yeah, I forgot about that one. So I guess it's just like a Gynax thing. 
How are you all missing Dr. Stone? That's going on now. It's very much about this. I feel like it's become a more prominent topic recently. Yeah, why, why, can't, of... why can't I have good endings to post-apocalypse stuff? Like, come on, the world states here for it. Be- because people are shit at writing good endings? Well, I mean, like, I, I can't write, so I'm not going to do it, but, like, Chris or Evan should. I can't fucking write. I'm not a writer. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, I, I think, think Evan can write. Writer. Evan, you notably have read enough fanfiction to probably write something. Just because just because I read a lot does not mean I know how to write well. I I equate those two things in my mind. Alright. Like, I know it's not correct, but... <laughs> Did you see The Martian? Maybe you could count The Martian, I guess. Maybe. Wait... The one about the guy getting trapped on Mars? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, he doesn't, there's like, there's no one else around, and then he, like, lives and stuff. Man, why'd you have to talk about fanfiction? Because then my brain fucking thought about a piece of fanfiction based off the Martian. Was it with, not, you know what, I don't want to know. Too late, it's about ponies. Damn it. Of course it is. Like, I it's tried, called the Mary which, to stop myself. Which, which MLP character is in the Matt Damon role? Uh, actually, no, it, it is, it is a, it is an no, AU. No, it's you find the society of them on Mars, and we didn't know they well, were no, there the entire time. No, it's, it's the guy gets trapped what? on Mars, but also at the same time in the Pony universe, they're trying to get, but because of Magic Weirdo, they get trapped on Mars with the human guy, and then they all have to survive again. Oh. See, that's, I felt like the obvious thing to do would be to just have Twilight Sparkle be stuck on Mars, like. It's Starlight then... Glimmer, but yeah. Like, that just seems like such an obvious direction to take that in. So, Gotcha Man. <laughs> okay, so going right, back so, around. Okay, we want to go back to Gotcha Man. So, is, is Sugane gay? Uh, I don't... In the director's cut, maybe. I feel like there's a lot of problems with that, and, like, the age gap is, like, only the tip of that. Yeah, but it's like, you, you saw those fuck-me eyes Joe was given. No, like, I, I know what I saw. But like, that's like yeah, that's like okay. red flags on red flags. It is because Joe weird. Joe invites him to go out drinking, and Sugane's like, "Oh, I'm so nervous." And then like he sits down at the bar, orders a flute of beer or something, I, I, I and think like it's supposed to be champagne. Is it okay? And Sugane has like a very fruity looking blue drink in a martini glass and just gives him the biggest like hey buddy. Well then like his <laughs> office lady coworkers are just like staring at the two of them too. Yeah, yeah and well, the office okay. ladies are like, Oh man. I mean Fujoshi are definitely a thing, so Well, yeah. Like they're fine. I don't put they the blame just wanna on them. watch. Anywho. It's a good. The thing is, is like even if, whether this is friends or romantics, I actually like the scene a lot either way. <laughs> it's just a just a connection that like these characters could use, you know. Also, they, Sugane got some nerdy ass glasses when he went to college. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know if he'd been wearing contacts up until this point, or did his eyes just get worse? Yeah, your eyes can just get worse. I, th- I think it's a combination of his eyes getting worse, and it's just a way to differentiate. Oh, he's taking more focus on his studies now. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, But he still carries around idea. a katana. Of course, because well, he, he is he is good Bushido boy. What he's is, like, 
huge nerd. What do, like, the Gatrimen do now? Uh, well, there's a season two. I mean, I assume the season two is like, oh no, people are abusing the crowds, now we gotta fight. Uh, the crowds show up, but they're not, like, a major part of the story. If I remember right. There's, like, another thing that happens. I see. Also, they get another newbie. How many newbies do we need? <laughs> uh, three of them? Hajime Rui and then uh, Tsubasa, I think, is the name of the character in the, the third, the, the second season. Uh, so what did, what did you guys think that the uh, the monument that had the tentacles on it that uh, Utsutsu and OD are laying flowers on at the end of the... At the end of the director's cut episode was? Um, what was I, that? I assume people still died during the whole yeah, stuff I, that happened, and it was just I was like assuming it was a, a memorial, memorial to, the, to the deceased. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, the big tentacle thingy feels like a... Uh... And also like to their home planet that like no longer exists. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess that would make sense, actually. Also, it's right under that arch that Bert Katze first appeared on. Yeah. The red, the red arch thingy. So yeah. On the, on the flip side of things, uh, just giving everybody the crowds was a pretty good resolution bit. Yeah, that was cool. But like, I feel like they misnamed, like they called like the episode before this gamification before they gamificate everything. Yeah, they this kinda, episode they, leans into the gamification thing like way more. It kind of dropped the ball on that one. Just a bit. I mean, you know, there's like a one whole episode split across two different episodes here, so who knows what was or how it was originally arranged? I don't know That's how true. to feel about the gamification of everything. It's like I I get how it's working, and I get that it it works, but like it feels, it feels like there is potential for real problems, like significant major problems. Yeah. Also, like, uh. Hey, Sybil, can you just uh, cut in uh, when I talk about um, Damon and Freedom TM <laughs> like I normally do during these? Um, because I'm just making that point again. Um, also, someone read that book and validate my thoughts. Um, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do it again. I mean, it was right there. How was I not supposed to uh i like the bit in the uh where like the mess all come out of the cage uh in like the in, in the regular version of the episode they just kind of like fly off and it's barely even a scene in the director's cut version like hajime talks to them and they kind of show that they've learned to communicate with humans and i guess they're just gonna live on earth now or something yeah i mean that's fine yeah that's that's a nice little coda for that plot line Remember when they were going to be the main villain for the show? No, they were never going to be the main villain. I mean, it was like it for like an episode and a half. <laughs> I think I, I have no idea what I said back when we started the, doing this, but I was pretty sure, like, yeah, they're they're only going to be around for a couple episodes. Yeah, we'll see. You know what? They're going to come back. It's going to be what season two is about. I don't remember if they appear in season two. They or probably not, honestly. don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just, like, floating around. I would want them to, but, like... Ah, I just want to watch, like, Hajime fight monsters with giant scissors. But, like, it's not <laughs> a thing I get in this show. 
I, I'm very sorry, Garrett. Also, like, there's this one-off thing in the director's cut where Hajime just turns the crowds into Gatchaman notebooks to give them their souls back. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, that was a neat bit, too. That I, uh, I do like that she did that, but, like, how did she know how to do that? Fucking Gatchaman science. I guess. They're scientists. You know, like in Gotcha Man. Gotcha Man. I mean, maybe maybe JJ gave her a hint or something. Because because but... remember they're they're the science ninja team. They don't do much science in the show, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like there's plenty of science. You, you know, to cut paper, you need the science of. Uh... I, maybe this pun only works in English, but I'm amazed that they didn't that Gotcha Man crowds didn't have the subtitle. Uh, social science ninja team because like that seems like an obvious pun <laughs> yeah I could see that but yeah okay so the, you know how they were turning the crowds into cubes the whole time yeah. well in the week after the whole the, the incident like Hajime spends a while like converting those cubes into notebooks and then putting them back into people who fell into comas and then they're fine so that was nice Good job out of them. Good job, Hajime. Um. Yeah, and then just like afterwards, we learn that just like you can have crowds now. That's just like a yep. thing. Yep. There's a bit where the prime minister is being interviewed on TV, and one of the uh, the reporters like, "Hey, some people have proposed that maybe you should have to have a license to use the crowds because they're kind of dangerous." And the prime minister's like, "Well, I don't think we should, but we can put it up for a vote." Yeah, it's like, I don't think so, but also, X, go ahead and uh, uh, calculate that shit. Yeah, just pull everyone real quick. Do some science. Okay, I don't know if anyone is going to know what the heck this is, but this reminds me a lot of... um, Uh, Freedom TM and Damon? No. One of the only... One of the slightly less creepy Robert Heinlein stories, uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress... Which is all about revolutionizing society, um, but also has the cheat of the people doing the revolution have a super secret, awesome AI computer that can, like, solve problems for them. <laughs> Which is, like, yeah, the, that's a good shortcut to getting between your, here's the idea, and here's how we have to get there. So it was just a classic sci-fi solution to that problem. Yeah. That's like, I, I'm not on Google now seeing what other books he made that I may or may not know of. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, nope. Time Enough for Love, Starship Troopers. That one. Uh, Starship Troopers is fucking awful. <laughs> it's one of the worst things I've ever read. I don't know. I thought Starship Troopers was pretty good. Oh, God. That is, that is some straight-up fascist bullshit right there. I really do not like that one. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's, like, the point, though. No, it is absolutely not. That is ag- absolutely what Robert Heinlein thought was really cool. See, this might, he was, this might be one of the things where, like, where, like, I think something's the point and no one else does. No, that's the point of the movie Starship Troopers, is that the book Starship Troopers is horrible fascist propaganda. Yeah, I guess maybe I just went to it with that, so I'm like, this is clearly dumb. 
No. Yeah, Robert Heinlein was like a military veteran and thought that the military made men out of boys and was just a good thing for everyone to do. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, but like power armor's neat. Uh, power armor's cool. Power armor is cool, but that doesn't... No. The thing is, is, that's not even his weirdest novel. The premise of Time Enough for Love is this huge fanfic about how he wants to fuck his mom. That's weird. I was also yeah. thinking he was the dude who wrote, like, uh, Tomorrow War? Endless War? Something War? Time dilation uh, shit? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either, but... Also, not like the Amazon movie that came up. There, There's a book, I swear. Oh, okay. Not the Chris Pratt movie? Not the Chris Pratt movie. God damn it. God damn it. Now I'm mad again. Oh, sorry. It was Joe Hadelman who did uh, The Forever War. Which, like, those sound close enough in my mind where I could have theoretically um, confused them. Tomorrow War and Forever War do are very difficult to distinguish, yeah, unless you know the exact premise. I meant the author name, but yes. Oh, Joe Hadelman and Robert Heinlein? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. So back to Gotcha Man, there's also a scene after OD has this fight with Birdcats uh, and throws, um, throws Rui their notebook. Uh, they're, like, super fucked up. Like, their back is, like, slashed a bunch and they're, like, bleeding everywhere <laughs> and blood coming out of their eyes and they're like, no, I'm... I'm fine. This is fine. It this, is kind of unsure it. if OD was dead or not until the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, unless, until the director's cut or season two, you do not know if OD straight up died. But yeah, uh, they show OD like chilling out on the couch with like a bunch of bandages and stuff. So I'm like, oh, good for them. Oh, they show that uh, the one guy who was part of the Neo 100 originally. Uh, he, like, gets out of jail and reunites with his wife and daughter, so that's nice. Oh, yeah, they do kind of... So, like... D- conclude that. Even huge douchebag guy can, like, you know, make be- make better. They show He does, like, bow to the prison after he gets out, which I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if we really want to do a thing where, like, the carceral state is good at rehabilitating people, because, like, we, we know for a statistical fact that it's not, but... You know, hey, whatever. Alright. Okay, so I know this is off topic again, but I'm on the wiki page for the Forever War. I just want to point out, there's a connection made from that to Starship Troopers, um, because the dude who wrote Forever War states that it was a result of his experiences to Vietnam and admitted to being influenced by Starship Troopers, but disagreed with it because it glorified war and is, quote, a very well-crafted novel, and I believe Highland was honest with it. Uh, disagree, but, you know, hey, that guy probably knew Heinlein and respects him as a friend in person, which Maybe. I don't. But he, but he disagreed with the book because of Glorified War. Yeah. Anyway, so, I think it's perfectly valid for me to be confused. I mean, you know, hey. I, I already am, like... I'm just used to being a jerk about Heinlein because my father-in-law really likes him and I'm... I, he got me to, like, try a bunch of his novels, and I, like, genuinely was trying to enjoy them. And then was like, no. Just just overall, no. A couple are good, but overall, no. 
Stranger to Strange Land's a pretty good novel overall, but uh, then there's like this one bit in the middle where he goes off on this huge tangent about how government-subsidized art is why there is abstract art. What? And like, if there wasn't government-subsidized art, all art would be like neoclassical and good and like culture would be upright. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> going for some real Nazi shit here. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Yeah, it just, it sounds stupid, unhinged, and off-topic, and also fascist. So, you know. In the middle of an otherwise pretty good novel. Thing I actually like that I want to reference, uh, the bit where, um, like we were talking about earlier about uh, Hajime, like, taking Burkatz into herself, that's actually something I've seen basically the same thing in another story, uh, in Promethea. Like, uh, Alan Moore's Promethea, like, in vol one of the volumes, I forget which one it was. But, um, one of the, like, one of the aspects of Promethea, like, a villain summons the 72 demons of the Goetia, and, like, she basically is, like, uh, like, goes through each sin that they represent, and is like, I've done that, and eats each one of them. Yeah. So. Well. Yes. Like, that, like... That demon represents having hurt someone in anger. I have done that. And eats it. And, like, goes through all 72. So, yeah. This is a thing I've seen. I I'd seen that idea before. I did think the scene with, like, Kajime shoving this note into herself was kind of, like, long and drawn out a little bit. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like it was... It did feel long and drawn out, but it felt like it was supposed to, and it was supposed to be kind of uncomfortable to watch well yeah like i thought it was uncomfortable to watch and i'm like there's totally dojins about this oh yeah it was it was definitely like a little bit sexual i don't know if there's like it i'm now i want to know if you go and punch crowds into e hentai how many results you get i don't think that many honestly well i'm sure sybil will do that for us and uh, it will <laughs> be inserted here if I remove all of the duplicates from different translations, you get a total of a little over two dozen things on eHentai for Gotcha Man crowds. Thanks for asking me for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just scrubbing through the episode, and also the bit where, where Birdcats throws that the giant chair at OD, and he just, like, just catches it in his palm. That's cool. That's a cool bit. He's got that cool line, I'm the last line of defense, the last wings protecting this planet. Like, yeah. Oh, where he just, like, eats the desk? Yes, yeah. Odie kicks ass. Odie's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, there was also a thing at the end, I don't know if it was to mean anything or whatever, but I'm pretty sure Rory's just, like, I'm gonna wear Hajime's outfit now. Yes, Rory definitely stole Hajime's look. That is a thing that they go-to effort to show. And then she's, like, friends with, like, those two other girls that were Hajime's friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's cute. Uh, and the last frame of the show is, like, Hajime... Oh, I guess we didn't actually specifically talk about what happens at the very end. Like, Hajime is decides to run off and, like, go to the beach or something. She, she's like, I'm just gonna go out and enjoy the day. And she keeps talking about how positive the world is, and the voice of Bird Cats keeps speaking back to her, saying, like, no, it sucks, it's awful. And she's like, ah, you know, hey, it's great. And then she 
she like walks down the street and jumps and like this the screen freezes on her in the air as like the last frame because she's metaphorically flying you know Ooh. yeah <laughs> i am kind of like like how much is season two about like this struggle between herself and the embodiment of all evil i'm um, gonna assume not a lot not a whole lot i mean yeah uh, season two is mostly about like there's a new character who has a similar conflict well they're like they don't know if superheroes should be have more responsibilities than everyone and like the rest of the gotcha men are like yeah we we already had this thing we 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 already we decided that like everyone should have responsibilities as a hero yeah we we already did that she's like no but i want to be special (laughs) and that's like a big part of the conflict and then another alien shows up and has the power to like make everyone's emotions visible to each other and that causes problems oh, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of politics stuff i and, feel uh, like that's just like a continuation of the end of this where tajime has the conversation with bird cats that yeah it is very much along the same lines it's just more specific about pol- like political issues is there more like punching dudes in suits of armor I honestly don't remember much about the action stuff in season two. There's probably some. I remember they have another. They have a similar thing to where they all fight the crowds, where there's like another big horde of thingies that they fight. That happens again. Huh. But uh, other than that, I don't. I mostly remember the the I, like what the ideas were, uh, and like the the thing with bird cats being in Hajime is the way I remember it is that mostly she consults with the voice to understand politics. I mean... I'm unsure how to feel about that. (laughs) I guess it works. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but that's how I remember it. Cool. I don't think I have anything else to say. We were kind of all over. Um, Luckily, we have the best editor around. What what are you talking about? This is all prime content. This yeah, is this, all this is in. all live with minimal to no cuts. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Um, it's what the people want. It's what the people want. Um, I want to watch more Ryuki so we can finish Ryuki and then move on to Blade. I think Blade's the next one. I am pretty hyped about Blade, yes. I want to talk about playing cards and zombies. Oh, that'll be neat. <laughs> You've already got collectible cards. Now we need playing cards. Yeah, this is this is playing cards. And there's like weird like point value shit. Uh, more than one through thirteen. Yeah, like like point value shit. Where like if you you scan X, Y, and Z, and that's like forty five hundred points. Okay. And then like you del- and then like you deduct it from your browser to like. To kick with lightning, good. That okay? <laughs> okay. We'll we'll see about that soon enough. These are all the things that are a mechanic in the Dynasty Warriors Common Rider game. I think um, since I forget it, were we having? We weren't definitely weren't recording when we were having this conversation. Garrett is iffy about the Shin Ultraman thing, and I want him to watch the Cutie Honey movie so that he knows. Well, too bad Otto it's not your turn. Other things. Wait, the live action Cutie Honey. Yes, the Hideyakiano Cutie Honey movie. movie. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that for our next off week. 
Like, they translate the animation into live action really well in that. Also, like, it wasn't necessarily that I was concerned about it. I was just making my general state about Ultraman when there's a new Ultraman thing about. Where if I you know. don't do a positive yeah. and, like, light bring Ultraman thing, you shouldn't be making an Ultraman thing. I know. You just you just were having Ultraman thoughts, which were totally valid. I was. It just made me also be like, we should watch the Cutie Honey movie to prep for an Ultraman coming out. Anyway, we're on the internet at journeythroughthedeckcast.com where there are links to all of the things, some Twitters, some emails, all the buttons, all the links, all of the things. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, other things. Anywhere that fine podcasts are sold. Yeah. We'll be back next time with a thing. This just passing through podcast. Remember that. Update the world in a positive way. Do good for others and take the evils of the world into your breasts in a semi-sexual scene. Yeah, heroes don't up the date the world. We do. That's that's the theme. By shoving the embodiment of evil into your chest. Yep. Good night, everybody. Bye.